that's right. And though I've been tempted, I refuse to stoop to their level. Don't go down. I rose above that nonsense and made a liar of the devil. All right now. The devil who said I wasn't good enough, cute enough, or worthy of love. I kicked his butt with divine power from above. Power that says I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. All right. And brought me out of darkness so that I could see that I'm smart, I'm beautiful, I'm a child of the king. Abundant love for me, he came to bring. Oh yes, when I look in the mirror, I love what I see. That strong, beautiful black woman, that woman is me. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so I rise. 90.7 WTCC. Good morning, Springfield. Welcome to the Spoken Word. Pastor Talbert Swan II with you up until 10 o'clock. Coming up at 10 o'clock is mid-morning jazz, great black music. Once again, I want to invite you out this Thursday at 6 p.m. at the Spring of Hope Church. The NAACP will be sponsoring a city council candidate debate of all the at-large counselors. Invited candidates are Tom Ash, Tim Rook, Catery Walsh, Bud Williams, James Ferreira, Justin Hurst, Ahmad Rivera, Miguel Soto, Charles Rux, and Joseph Fountain. In the studio with me today are uh, Miss Gladys Oyola and Miss Zaida Luna, um, Springfield's election commissioner and Ward One city councilor. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. How are you? Good to have you with us on today. Let me kind of set the background uh, and then get into our discussion. Um, uh, about a year ago, Springfield Mayor uh, Dominic Sarno announced his appointment of the first uh, Latina to serve as the city's election commissioner. Um, the appointment of Commissioner Oyola came about a year after uh, voters elected a number of Latinos um, to city offices following um, the implementation of ward representation. Uh, I was intricately involved in that process, uh, being a plaintiff on both of the lawsuits that were filed uh, against the city, actually being the lead plaintiff in the first lawsuit that was filed. Um, and finally, after years of lawsuits and protests, um, ward representation was implemented. As a result of that, uh, we now have a record number of Latinos serving on the city council. Um, so I, I think ward representation has showed to be 
uh, a good thing for the city of Springfield. So now we have City Council President Jose Tosado. We've got Ward 6's uh, Ahmad Rivera, uh, Ward 5's Claudio Concepcion, and the first Latina to serve Ward 1's uh, Zeta Luna. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? That's fine. All right. Sure. All right. Um, now, in a letter sent last week, Councilor uh, Luna, uh, you claim that there were serious and widespread preliminary election voting problems, and you asked the uh, U.S. Department of Justice to monitor the upcoming election on November 8th. Um, you stated that assistance was needed from the department to help ensure uh, that all voters have access to the polls and that the city complies uh, with the Federal Voting Rights Act of 1965. Uh, you also said that there were problems at certain polls, that egregious voter participation disparities existed citywide. Um, now, according to your letter, uh, problems included polls that didn't open on time, incorrect information given about voting hours, uh, polls with no Spanish-speaking uh, individuals. Um, many of you may know that the Department of Justice filed suit against the city uh, in 2006, accusing it of discriminating against Spanish-speaking voters uh, by failing to provide enough assistance at polling stations. This led to a settlement and four years of monitoring. Now, Commissioner Oyola, uh, you stated on Friday, according to reports, that the accusations of voting problems uh, during the September 20th uh, preliminary election uh, as alleged by Councillor uh, Luna, are exaggerated and in some cases false, uh, that the issues were addressed at length, I believe you said, with Aaron Goldman, uh, who works for the Jose Tosado campaign, uh, but you you never prior to now had a conversation uh, with Councillor Luna regarding her concerns. Correct. So in, in, the, uh, in an effort for full disclosure, Councillor Luna, I've got to ask you this because you are a supporter of Jose Tosados as well as Mr. Uh, Goldman. Uh, it has been alleged, and, and you can answer for yourself, is this a political issue? Is, no, is, is this about politics? Is this about the fact that you support um, Jose Tosado, or is this really about uh, some concerns about voting irregularities? It's about the people. It's not political. I don't have, I, I even discuss this or even mention it to Jose Tosado. I mean, it's just what I live the day of the elections. I mean, I know, I, I've been for the last two years, okay, talking to the people in my, in my community and telling the importance of, of being registered, of all what you're supposed to do, because I'm, I'm running also. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to teach the importance of voting, you know, and then they calling me, say, but at the time, you know, when that happened in the, the day of the uh, primaries, calling me, okay, I cannot vote because I don't show on the list, or they told me I belong to another uh, another school, you know, that was the reason I actually, you know, decide to do this. Okay. I said it was them too many things that people are coming to tell me, you know, why we had to go through a, such a, a problem just to vote. So you know that was the reason, but it's not it's not political. It's, I'm thinking about myself. I'm a city council, and I want the best for my people. All right. Councilor the same question to you. Is, is this a political issue? Um, your boss, the mayor, seems to think 
uh, that is political. There are others who seem to say, hey, why didn't why didn't anyone say anything back in September? Uh, why now, a few weeks before the November 8th election? Uh, in your estimation, is, is this political? Well, I can only speak to the accuracies of the letter and why my take is that there is another agenda that is not being spoken about is because it says in this letter clearly that was signed by the counselor after consulting with the city of Springfield elections office and Councilor Luna not once consulted with our office about all of the um, points in uh, the letter that she wrote to the Department of Justice. So that's where I think that there is another agenda. There was lengthy discussions with Aaron Goldman who so happens to work on um, Jose Tosado's campaign and he pointed out some of the issues that were brought forth in this letter. Um, Councilor Luna deals with us on a daily basis, calls our office for information, asking about, you know, for us to look up voters who are registered, ask for supplies and materials for her to do her work um, on the ground. Um, and between the day of the primary and the day that I received this letter in an email, I had not once spoken to Councilor Luna about these accusations. So that is where I say there, you know, I can't speak to whether it's political, but there is some other agenda um, as to having Councilor Luna bring these forth to the Department of Justice. Councilor Luna, how do you how, how do you answer that? Um, since you said there was consultation uh, with with her office, were you talking about consultation you had or consultation someone else who you've been in contact with yeah. regarding this? Okay. See, I, I did spoke to to the office many times because I have questions that to check if someone is registered or not. I mean, it's nothing against Ojola. I I love her and I know she's doing a good job. It's not about that, you know. When when I was approached about the incident, even the same day of the primary. I call the office because someone is saying, if you do the, the blue form, you got to show ID. And you do. And I, no, not if they already register. I just like to show you a copy so, I mean, of the actual blue they, form. When I, well, about. when I call, they say no, that you don't need ID because they already voted before. Just because they have a mark next to their name and you know they got to do a blue form but if not, you look at the bottom so, section there of the blue form that she's talking about this is for inactive for inactive voters that's the issue yeah, that she's inactive. addressing yeah. and and here's the, the two let me finish just okay, a little sure. bit more Go right ahead. so and i know you know i i i have sit down with Aaron because when i the ballot came out when it was already uh, marked in in what i went or the experience and what people when they people call me tell me what happened different things so I sit down with Aaron I did and I said what we got to do we got to do something because we don't want this to happen in the day of the elections I just, and then he said to me okay I'll talk to Ojola she's very nice I mean I can sit with her explain to her what's our concern and you know but I was aware but he took over and he spoke to you and let you, you know, and mm -hmm. tell you how we feel. And that's why when we see that, you know, we didn't, we couldn't do anything more. And I know we have a small budget, but we need some help. It's nothing against the commission. Let, let, let's, we'll get to this blue form, but I, I want to go through the, um, through the list of um, irregularities that are listed in the letter and, mm -hmm. and give you both a chance to, um, to basically respond to to what the issues are, uh, so there are, there are a number of things that are that are listed. First of all, before we get there, uh, Commissioner, 
tell us what is the process. I'm if I if I'm brand spanking new, I've never voted before. Um, how do I get registered to vote? What is required for me to get registered to vote? Once I'm registered to vote and I go to the polls, uh, what is required of me when I get there? And and that's the issue. Even if you're not a, a brand new voter or brand new to the election process, it is a complicated process. I mean, there are so many steps. And uh, for, for someone who's brand new, you can come into our office, register to vote. You can register to vote online by filling out the national application for voter registration. So you print that out at home, you send it out, and you send it to Massachusetts in general. It goes usually to the Secretary of State's office, and then they would ma- stamp it in there as having been received. They mail it to us or to whatever corresponding city or town you live in. Uh, you can register at the Registry of Motor Vehicles. You can register at state agencies such as the Department of Transitional Assistance, Mass Rehab. Um, they have applications there, and they mail them to us once they're filled out, and they give the voter a copy, carbon copy, that they were registered. So our, there's various ways of, and we actually, this, the election office actually will mail you a voter registration form. We include a self-addressed stamped envelope with our address, and then you can send it back to us as well. There are various ways of registering to vote. Once you are a registered voter, our office will then, once we enter you into the system, send you an acknowledgement form. The acknowledgement notice says, yes, you are registered. This is the party that you are registered under, and this is the polling place that you um, need to go and vote at. My name is on it. Our phone number for the office is on it. And that is kind of a confirmation to the voter that their information was processed. After that, the election. Whenever the election you know, comes, you have to go and actually go and vote. Now, the voter lists that are sent to the polls, mm-hmm. um, everyone's name, who's a registered voter in the city, active or inactive, is on that list. Uh, when you go and vote, you are to give them your information. We, not request, but we let them know that this would be the easiest way. So the voter, the way the list is, is by alphabetically by street, and then numerically. So if you live on Abbey Avenue and you num- you're number one, you'd be right on the top of the list. And then you're alphabetically in your household by your last name and your first name. Your name gets marked off the list. If, you are, if there's no symbol next to your name, um, there's an I that indicates inactive or the letter ID or the symbol ID that indicates that you need an identification. And in those two instances, and I think this is where the confusion comes and I'm glad that I'm here to kind of at least clarify it a little bit mm-hmm. is if it has the letter I next to it inactive inactive mm-hmm. um, means you have not answered your census or voted in an election uh, so you are considered an inactive voter you may have voted in the last election in November but not answered the city census for the current year and that inactivates you know, we write it right on the census when we mail it out so that is an issue where the voter then the poll worker has to ask them for an ID. Now, they don't have to. They, they're not, they can't compel them to show an ID. I can ask you, Talbert, and I can say, Talbert, can I see your ID? And you say, no. I cannot there say, well, then you cannot vote because you don't have your ID. There's a difference. But, but you give them a provisional ballot. You can, they, no, they can get the regular ballot. Okay. See, this is where they would get a regular ballot, but then it's incumbent upon the poll worker to challenge that ballot. That's why we tell the voters, you know, if you're going to the polls, try to 
you know, save yourself the work. Because if you see the blue form, it, there, it's some work involved in actually filling out the form, signing your name. It's a, another step in the process that you can avoid by calling us and updating your information ahead of time. Mm. But, you know, people don't always call our office first when, you know, if you move, you call, you know, light bill, gas bill, you know, your kid's school. You don't call the election office because you don't deal with us on a monthly, daily basis. So when you have that I and you have to fill out this form, if you don't show that, then that's where it's another step for the poll worker. It's another step for the voter. The poll workers are required to ask that. They, you know, it says it right on the form. Ask for ID. Did the voter show it? Yes or no. Okay. Now, now what happens? What is the process of a poll worker challenging a ballot? That's where it becomes more difficult. The poll worker has to actually then write it in a log that we have in a clerk's record book. They have to write it in the log. They have to actually write that there's a challenge on the ballot. So the voter has to, the poll worker has to actually write challenge on the ballot. Um, they have to let the voter know that they're challenging the ballot, which is an intimidating, you know, thing. If I'm going to the polls and I say who, you know, I've lived at my house for the past 40 years and now the poll worker is saying, well, you don't live there or you're not showing me ID. So then this is what I have to do. This is what is incumbent upon me as a poll worker. And it's also an intimidating process for the poll worker. These people work one or two days a year. Most of them are community people. They live right in Springfield, vote right in Springfield, work at the polling place. So that might be a neighbor that they're doing it to. Mm -hmm. It might be someone who they've known for 30 years. And they know that this person still lives at that address. But it's... A procedural thing. So now, so now that is the only time that identification is 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 requested uh, when someone is on the inactive list. Inactive, or if it says ID right next to their name, which the ID in the, where it actually says the letters ID next to someone's name mm -hmm. is if they're they registered by mail after January two thousand and three, and they and that's the federal law. That's the federal. If they've never voted since to, since that time. They have to show ID or if they haven't voted in a state primary federal election. And that's when they first get registered. When they first they get registered. They have to show an identification. Exactly. And people do. They register by mail with us all the time. And some people will take a copy of their, you know, utility bill or a copy of their license, staple it to their registration, send it to us. And then that way they avoid that step as well when they go to the polls <clears throat> of showing ID. Gotcha. All right. So let, let's get into the meat of, mm -hmm. of, 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 of the concerns that you raised. Uh, Councilor Luna. Uh, one, you talked about a ballot uh, that already had the incumbent's name checked off on it. That's correct. Okay. She, th th tell us about that because I think you kind of answered that, but tell us about that. W what happened in that instance? Well, and, and I know the, the person called and says when they went to vote and they gave her the ballot, it was already filled. It was already marked. So she's asking, well, why are you giving me this that is already marked? Oh, oh, oh okay. And they, you know, just give her another one. But okay. how can that happen? I mean, I know things happen, but this is so important. I mean, how you know if it happened more than once? We don't know that. So, so you 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 assert that 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 may have happened on more than one occasion. Correct. Um, do do you assert that perhaps someone got one with um, yeah, uh, something copy. already marked and and went ahead and used it to vote, perhaps? Well, what's your we response? Have a copy. What, well, what's yeah, your response? I provided them with a copy of the ballot they're talking about because they they said these were the the night of the election. We received a call from the individual um, on the Tosado campaign who said 
one of our voters went and the names of Dominic Sarno and Justin Hurst were already marked on this ballot. Those are the two names that they um, asserted were marked on the ballot. So each polling place has what's called a spoiled ballot um, envelope. It's just a process where every voter is allowed basically up to three ballots. So if you make a mistake, you change your mind, whatever the reason may be, um, you are allowed more than... Um, two ballots you so you give it back to the poll worker the poll worker flips it mm-hmm. on the back of the ballot they write spoiled and they're to put it in an envelope okay and what i um, believe happened is that the poll worker didn't put it in the envelope for whatever reason and the <coughs> ballot that they actually had that was previously marked was one that is uh was marked through our auto mark machine it's um our machine that's for handicapped uh, voters, people who are visually impaired, hearing impaired. So it wasn't an actually physically marked ballot by a person, but one that the person who was a voter. So that happens. We have quite a few ballots that the machine, the auto mark machine, mm-hmm. will mark an error. It won't mark it completely. Like they go through the process and they say, you know, I'm done. And they may think, oh, no, I'm not done. I only voted for one person. I need to go back and vote for two or three more people. So then they're given another ballot. That ballot is, you know, taken out of the Automark machine, and it's put to the side as a spoiled ballot. Mm-hmm. And that's the one we have. We have, you know, several ballots. So, so, that so, so, that, so that could have been something as simple as someone handing them a spoiled ballot by mistake. By mistake. Um, but but you, don't, you don't believe that this is a widespread process well, where people are being it, handed marked ballots. I, and I think uh, kind of an underlying. A, uh, you know, thing here is that they're saying that there's all these pre-marked ballots for candidates already, as if we're trying to stuff the ballots or what have you. Is, is, not, is, 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 is that what you I all are thinking? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I only wonder, you know, if it happened more than once. You know, it okay. could happen. All right. Well, this was that. the only report that we received from so you any received voter that one or campaign from any voter or campaign. All right. Um, then, then there's a concern uh, listed that polling places. That opened after 7 a.m. Um, um, and then in, in, a, in a particular case that no Spanish-speaking uh, personnel were on site until 8.30, uh, which made it impossible for several who came between that 7 a.m. and 8.30 hour to vote when they arrived at the polls, which means they either had to come back or perhaps they didn't get to vote at all because of that. Correct. The the one at the Mason Square Library, which is the one that they're saying, or that was said to have op- not opened on time. The polling place did open on time. What the issue was at that polling location, we had a warden that did not show up to work on that day. So the polling place was open. The machine was up. We the, the, the polling place was staffed. The police officer was there. The ballots were there. Everything was there. The warden was not there. The clerk, having never been a warden before, did not know... Um, if it was okay for her to actually uh, speak the oath and have everyone attest to the, you know, the oath, they all have to swear to that they're going to uphold the election laws and what have you. And so she was, you know, nervously waiting for the ward and finally called us up. And I said, anyone, anyone who's there can, you know, speak the oath out loud and you all can swear to it. It does not have to be the warden. And the clerk in um, is trained to do warden duties as well so she knows basically the rules of you know how to let people cast ballots how to have the inspectors do their jobs how to post the signage and what have you and until we had another warden show up the clerk took the place of the warden but it was open the polling place was open it just was not the the people weren't sworn in so she the 
clerk was nervous as to should I be the one doing all these responsibility without getting the okay from the election office. Okay. That's my point why we need help the day of the election. But here's the but thing. Things that happen like that. Things happen. That, that this is nobody's not, fault, but we need to have people from out of the, well, the, the, the uh, that department that is aware or make sure that everything runs smoothly, you know, for the people. And here's where I think it's a little bit disingenuous to say that we need a federal authority coming back into the city of Springfield to um, help with issues that happen statewide, nationally, mm -hmm. where are, you know, there, there are issues with, you know, poll workers who yeah. are, you know, we can hire 15 poll workers for a place. It's not only one incident, but it's this election that you're bringing it up about. And the federal observers were here during the Obama election. And 2008, the November election, was one of the busiest elections the city has mm -hmm. seen. And the observers are here to observe. They yeah. are not physically working sure. at I the know. polls. So what they do is they say they ha they have the same role that you that you've had in this letter, which is to report. Um, issues that ha come about on election day to sure. us so that we can meet and then going forward we can use corrective action to make sure that, that there, it, I can't say that it can't happen again because I mean it's as I said it's a procedure where it's run by humans so the the polling officials that are at the polls are not infallible they're not machines so I cannot yeah, I promise that. to the fact that they're not going to happen again but it's almost like you know trying to put out a kitchen fire by calling you know a five alarm blaze I think it's a little bit of an over I think it's a little bit of a, a quick overreaction so. in the sense that you are and in, in, in lieu of coming and contacting our office sending out a letter to the Department of Justice and uh, making it seem that these are widespread throughout the city when yes. I don't believe that they are. I really they don't are. believe that they are. 413-736-2781 is the number here. I'm in the studio with City Councilor Luna, Ward 1 City Councilor, and uh, Election Commissioner uh, Gladys Oyola, and we're discussing uh, the request of the Councilor um, to bring the Department of Justice into Springfield um, to monitor the upcoming election. Good morning, caller. You're on WTCC. Yes, I think it's a shame that this all this is being brought up because Commissioner Oyola had surgery on Friday, yet she made sure that she went to work on Monday to make sure that irregularities were taken care of on Tuesday. So, you know, they are, I think they're making a mountain out of a molehill. All right. Thank you for your call. Um, mountain out of a molehill. Um, I, I, I assume that you may agree. Well, <laughs> and I assume that you probably I disagree. I know the person to call, <laughs> All right. Let me take another call. Good morning, caller. You're on WTCC. Yes. Uh, good morning. I'm glad to hear that these ladies are in. I was one of the wardens at one of the locations in Springfield. And uh, I know the secretary didn't show up. Uh, the federal worker came to drop off supplies, and he was out in maybe two minutes. Some of the voters came in, didn't have a clue of where they were supposed to vote, didn't even um, didn't, didn't even remember if they answered any of the uh, the questionnaires that were sent out to them. One police officer came in there, said he'd been voting at that location for years and years, and when I asked him to show an ID, he refused. And had an attitude and said, I know what I need to do. And he stormed out the place. Uh, but they do need more help at these polls out here. And people need to have understanding of how to work these polls because in the packet that they gave us, it says that we were supposed to receive training. I didn't receive any training. Did you work at? Ask that again. What warden precinct did the caller work at? 
I'd rather not say that. Train you if you don't let us know who you are. <laughs> well, I'd rather not say. It's not important. I'm just saying that was an issue that happened. All right. Thank you, caller. Um, 413-736-2781. I was going to ask that question anyway, so that's. Uh, I'm glad that he called. It's a good segue. What type of training do the poll workers get? Well, we train, and I don't know what warden precinct he worked at, um, but we do train poll workers. We try to have an annual training. Um, we even, uh, at times, do invite the Secretary of State's office to come down and train all the poll workers this year. When the poll workers are... Um, poll workers who have worked every single election, we ask them, say, would you like a refresher training? We hold it in office. Uh, we have the materials. We give them whatever materials they think they may need um, and let them take them away. They, they, they're presented with all of these at the polling places as well, but we let them take materials, take copies with them so they could read them at their leisure at home. We have um, trainings in office throughout um, the year. They actually come into our office and we're, they're paid. They get a $20 stipend. That's why I was asking where he worked because they do get a $20 stipend for their trainings, um, which is something that we put in place uh, when the DOJ came because we were trying to entice people. Uh, before this, we had trainings. No one would come. Um, so we've um, tried to make it as flexible, as easy for them. Um, wait, wait. Let me let me go back. Uh -huh. You said you said before you put in the stipend, no one would come? Yeah, we would have poll worker trainings and it would be dismal, dismal. You know, but the workers that wouldn't come to the training would still go out to work the polls? Well, this was before, prior, you know, 2006. Okay. Um, so right now we do have a list of poll workers who yeah, have been I would trained. Say, yeah. I would say that would be a major concern that yeah. if, uh, no, if poll workers are out there who haven't been trained, no, and they, even those who have been trained yeah. because of the ever-changing election yes. laws. Um, you, you know, for instance, I, I held several professional licenses before I went uh, into ministry full-time, mm -hmm. and we, by mandate, had to have refresher training every single year yeah. in order to maintain that license. I think that that, that poll workers, sure. um, that their job is important yes. enough mm -hmm. that they should be mandated mm -hmm. um, to go through a refresher training every year so that they know what they're doing. That, we, that, now, that's my opinion. Yes, and, and I agree with you. I mean, as um, the person who does the trainings, I think for the most part, the inspectors, who are the ones who sit at the table, check off lists, are pretty well versed in the work they do. Most of them have been doing it for many, many years. We do train them when there is any new rules, regulation, machinery that we use. Um, they are required to come in. They do get the stipend, as I said. Um, you might want to up that stipend. Yeah, well, I'd like to up their pay as well. <laughs> but, you know, that's an issue that... Um, you know, it's we battle with across the state. The poll workers are kind of the lowest paid um, city, not really city employees, but people working for the city on Election Day, unfortunately. Good morning, Carla. You're on WTCC. Carla, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. I'm, hello. I'm calling because I am one of the persons that went out to the polls. I just don't, you know, I don't want to say who I am. I went out to the polls and they told me that if I don't show ID, I cannot vote were you on the inactive list no and i had voted before previous years never had a problem i vote i went to go vote and they told me i needed id i didn't have my id and they said well if you don't show id you cannot vote and i know i heard her and she was saying well you know if you don't show id you don't you don't have it's not required but you can still vote but they didn't let me vote that day all right thank you for your call yeah, thank you good morning caller you're on wtcc 
Um, good morning. Um, good morning, City Council. Good morning, Ms. Oyola. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Um, good, thank you. I'm responding to the letter, uh, to the news um, letter of Rebecca Johnson. I worked the polls of Rebecca Johnson. And um, if anybody uh, run a strictly poll, it's myself. I don't allow nobody coming there with that, with pamphlets. I don't allow nobody coming in there with uh, with shirts representing who they're voting for. Um, I was reading the article that Rebecca Johnson, a no-no poll worker, was said to be advising people not to vote for Tosado. We don't do those things. As a matter of fact, I called Mr. Tosado. Mr. Tosado called me on this issue. We spoke on this issue. Um, I'll be calling Mr. Uh, City Council Tosado to speak on this issue that um, he's stating, but he has not returned my phone call. My next call was to the City Council Saida Luna, which I love very dear. And um, unfortunately, we were, we were not unable to meet today because I wanted to meet today with Tosado, but he has not returned my, my call. As far as materials concerned, we do have a Spanish uh, materials. We place them all over. We do be short on tape because they're falling. We keep running, putting them back. But uh, my issue is that this statement um, is false. And I do not agree with what's said on, 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 this, um, on, the, on the newspaper. And I'm very offended as a Hispanic voter and a Hispanic worker. I'm offended for what's said. I would love for the observers to come back. You know why? Because your servant, as I'm doing a good job, they asked me to come and work with them. So my thing is that we do request for an apology as far as Rebecca Johnson is concerned, because Rebecca Johnson worked a very good call. We've been doing this for many years. If anything, they should, um, they should make a workshop whether they could have voters come in and learn how to do the voting, because a lot of voters doesn't know how to connect the dots or, or make the line. And that's my statement for today. All right, you said a mouthful. Thank you for your call. Uh, she wants an apology uh, for Rebecca Johnson, and she wants voters to have to be trained on how to connect the dots. Well, you know, that that was a um, something that was brought up in the letter, Counselor, that poll workers were advising voters not to vote for a specific candidate. In, in your letter, uh, it stated that they were advising people not to vote for Jose Tosano and that um, there were others that were advising people to vote uh, for um, Antoinette Pepe. Um, yes. uh, Commissioner, um, I assume that poll workers are told that they are not to engage in conversation with the voters in, in giving them advice about who to vote for. Exactly. And as the last, the last caller said, we also advise them that the people campaigning outside can't come in with any paraphernalia, no stickers, no buttons, no T-shirts. So they know to spot that a mile away. The police officers are there to enforce it. Um, yeah, the poll workers, are, that, that is definitely one of the big do not do's is do not bring your personal political views to the job. What happens if a poll worker is, is, is found to be actually advising folks to vote for a particular candidate? They can no longer be a poll worker. You know, it's a, an at will job. It's not something that you're hired to do and you do for life. It's something that we, you know, we have had issues in the past with poll workers for, you know, various reasons. There are about 400 people that work that day. And so no one's perfect. Um, and we've had to, you know, send them a letter thanking them for their service. It's a long day, but we cannot, you know, ask you back for the next election. 
Okay. Uh, then, um, Councilor Luna, you said that voters are being sent to the wrong polling places. That's correct. Well, they 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 think they're supposed to vote in the last time when they the last time they voted in a specific poll. They're supposed to vote there, but if they move, they it's a it's a different uh, poll that I have to go. But you know that's why we had the ballot, correct, Ojola? Uh, that that they can if they moved the per, I think but we, they don't have to go back to the same the, the first place that yeah. they I think voted. What and that's what they referring to as a provisional ballot. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think this would be a good time to kind of talk about that to talk All about right. what happens when you go to the wrong place on election day. You know, if you show up at your polling place, you don't. Um, do your due diligence and find out where you're, you're duly registered. And you say, well, you know, I used to live um, across the street from the polling place and I can still go vote there, what have you, or it's the most convenient place for you to go. Um, we've had poll workers and people who have gotten into a back and forth. You do not just go to any polling place in the city of Springfield and expect your name to be on that list. It just does not happen that way. Those lists are pre-printed. And as of um, October 19th, if you have not updated your information with our office, you will be at the polling place if you are registered where you were last registered to now vote. There, now, there was an allegation, though, when you talk about those lists, mm -hmm. that there were names that are in the city's database that are not on, on the list that come down. Correct. It's th those, and we looked into them. Those names were people who changed their addresses after the last day. Okay. So they, they did change their address, so they did do that, but it was at, too late in time for their name to be printed at the correct place on the day okay. of the election. So, you know, my main goal is to make sure that everyone is informed as to where they're going to vote Make sure you're duly registered and where you're registered to vote. When you show up on that day, you can be allowed to, to cast a provisional ballot. If you decide you show up at 7.50 because you got out of work at 7.30 and you can't drive from the Indian Orchard over to the North End because you're not going to make it in time, you can cast a provisional ballot and we will count it. Now, in this ward race, what happens is... A provisional ballot, if you cast a provisional ballot in one ward, but we, after doing our investigation at the election office, find out that you were registered in another ward, that vote that you cast for that that ward council will not count. Okay. Because you're, we'll, we'll only count the races that would have counted if you had voted in your correct polling location. Gotcha. But in three occasions, I was there when the people say, well, I'm not voting. You know, they say well, they cannot find me on the list, so I'm going home. Well, then you that's... Know, three occasions. That yeah, happened. and that's I where says, they no, can no, no, ask no. for a provisional ballot. you got to go back. You talk to whoever's in charge, and you tell them that you're here because you want to vote, and, and then... They did gave her the, um, the, the the ballot, but that's my point. Well, and my you know? point is, we try to educate people as to what the correct procedure is, so it doesn't continually happen. Because if you say, well, you know what, last time they let me vote over at Rebecca Johnson School, but I know that I'm supposed to vote at Mary Lynch School, and you, you go back to Rebecca Johnson every single year, and every single year you're having the same issue happen. It's you need to, you know, educate yourself and say, okay, this time they let me vote a provisional ballot. And after people vote provisional ballots, we send them the correct information. We say, this is where you should have been registered. This is where, you know, please fill out this um, change of address form. And we give them a self-addressed stamped envelope saying, send us the information back. Because, you know, it's in, it's in our best interest as an office to have the correct list as well because mm. sure. we want everybody in the city to be at their correct polling locations we want to have our database be as up to date and as accurate as possible as well 
Good morning, caller. You're on WTCC. Good morning, Reverend Swan. Yes, sir. Um, it seems like, to me, some of the confusion in this is that it seems that some people just assume, even if I move, I can go back and vote at the same place, or I'm just not going to go to the place that I'm supposed to go to. I'm just going to tell them, yes, I vote here. Then the confusion starts, because I know friends of mine who've moved and tried to go back and vote at the same place, and they were told where they were supposed to go. So all they had to do was go to that place, and their name was there. That could stop a lot of the confusion. But there's a little bit of a laziness on some people's part that they don't want to go to the place that they're supposed to go, even though they've moved. Thanks. All right. Thank you for your call. Well, you know, there's a there's a lot I think um, um, that voters need in terms of education and to be right. trained on, so that they understand exactly what they should be doing um, and where they should go. Um, uh, Commissioner, what do you say about if the Department of Justice says we want to come in? Um, do you welcome a man? Do you think they need to be here? Well, I don't think that they need to be here for the reasons outlined in this letter because I think, you know, as I've said before, I they're so. over overstated. Um, but what I, I do appreciate is you having us here because I think this is part of a larger discussion. I think that this is something that I deal with on a day-to-day basis. This is, you know, you know, I eat, sleep, and breathe this. So I know what happens during elections, but I don't think the average person, I don't even, I get calls from city councilors, um, state representatives who don't know this. And mm-hmm. so how is the average everyday voter, first-time voter, one person, people who vote only every four years to know this? So I think this is um, the beginning of a much broader discussion, especially in light of the fact that in March, March 6th is the presidential primary. I mean, we have three elections next year, and the only way that we're going to, you know, kind of chip away at all the misinformation that's out there is having people informed um, through this kind of media. Good morning, Carla. you on WTCC. Hi, I was just calling because I think it's kind of funny that Data's making these accusations about poll workers telling people who to vote for. But in the time that I was in Ward 1 going to vote, I saw her walking people in. All right, I won't address that. Um, about, about me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they have a problem that they won't let them uh, vote, I would say you got to go back there, and yes, you're going to vote. It's true. You might be, have seen me a couple of times. It's one person on one point that they couldn't vote because they don't have ID. So I went in. I called Gladys, one of the, 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 the girl. One of the I can't remember from um, um, uh, Hobby Club. Oh. And I says, well, okay, go. And then we, I spoke to her. This is the rule. I mean, I'm there to help. It yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, I, I don't think there's a problem with those who are there to assist voters. Sure. Um, no, the, as long as the voter requests assistance. Right. Exactly. Caller, you're lucky. You're the last caller of the day. You're on WTCC. Hi, Reverend Swan. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I um, love listening to your show. Just wanted to point out to a few of the voters that come out to vote, too. Because of the tornado and the hurricane, some places were switched for you to go and vote. So a lot of people were confused about where they should go. But I actually didn't receive my card until after the voting was over that my voting spot was changed. But I still made it in time because where I normally go vote is at Central. And we got booked over to um, Berkshire Avenue. So a lot of people weren't informed, but that's where the confusion came in, too. 
So a lot of people need to, like, when you go in to vote, find out where you have to go, and then you can appear in the right place instead of saying, oh, that's too far for me to go when I normally vote here. All right. I thank you so much for your call. I got to move out your way. Coming up next is mid-morning jazz, great black music. Commissioner Oyola, uh, Councilor Luna, parting thank words. Thank you for having us. Parting words. Uh, my pleasure having you all. Thank you for coming in. Um, parting words for the listening audience. Make sure, go out and vote. Your voice is important. Don't forget, is if you don't give people that can help you, we just have phones, phone numbers available. We're going to have friends. I mean, ask whoever, but don't forget to vote. It's important. That's your right. All right. Commissioner? I, I know the office staff is not going to like me for this, but the number to call, 787-6187, 787-6185, or 787-6120, and please make sure you're registered to vote. Uh, the election is November 8th. The polling hours are 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. All right. Uh, Commissioner, Election Commissioner Gladys Oyola, Ward 1 City Councilor Zeta Luna, you've been listening to The Spoken Word. It's been my pleasure being with you, Springfield. Remember this coming Thursday, 6 p.m. at the Spring of Hope Church, 35 Alden Street, at-large City Council debate sponsored by the NAACP. Want to see you there until the next time I talk to you and you talk to me. Always remember, God loves you, and so do I. The views and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WTCC Radio or Springfield Technical Community College.